Genesis chapter 2, starting a new series today called No Greater Love, and you'll figure out why we've entitled it No Greater Love, and we're starting a series on relationships, we're starting a series on marriage today, uh, but it's really for single people. Every time I preach on marriage, it's for single people, uh, because if I can help you now, I'll try that again, if I can help you now, you will thank me later. I promise you that. So uh, let me tell you this. First of all, here's my disclaimer. Marriage works 100% of the time when you do it God's way. There's no such thing as irreconcilable differences. Many people on a divorce paper, they'll put irreconcilable differences. Well, that means that God is not able. You know, how many know God is able? And God can do all things, and, and there is such thing as, as being reconciled. It is possible. And so we're going to talk today and teach about marriage and relationships. But these are principles you really can apply to many areas of your life. And we're going to start in the book of Genesis because that's where God starts. And he really starts talking about marriage, and he gives a complete picture of dating and, and courtship and marriage in one verse. In fact, there is one verse in the Bible that can fix any marriage problem. There's one verse in the Bible that can teach us how to have a happy marriage, a great marriage, how to repair a broken marriage, and it's found in the book of Genesis, and it's in verse number 24 of Genesis chapter 2. Let's read it. Here's what it says. It says this, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In this marriage, watch this, there are four laws that have to be followed for you to have a successful marriage. I said they're laws because anything that is violated, any law that is violated, there's always consequences. And so these are four laws. They're not pick and choose there are four laws that have to be followed for you to have a successful marriage. And you're going to find them in each portion of this verse. And I'm going to break it down for you. And so we're going to start right away. We're going to jump right into these four laws. So I want you to write these down. I want you to catch this. I want you to listen to the podcast. I want you to talk to this about other people. And the first law is found in the first part of the verse. Therefore, a man. And so the number one law in marriage is the law of maturity. The law of maturity. Every now and then I get to speak in, in young adult conferences or preach in, to young adults, and I say to, to single women all the time, here's what I say, if you're going to find someone, find a man. Don't go after a guy or a dude or a bro. You understand? If you're going to put in the work and the effort, come on, find a man. I know they're hard to find, but there's still some out there. Come on now, find a man. One of the great quotes I've ever heard that really caught me off guard when I first heard it, I was listening to this message, and a man stood up and said to the, to the people, in fact, it was all teenagers, he said concerning dating, he said, listen, whatever you do, don't marry a Christian. And everybody just kind of paused. He said, marry a man of God. Because everybody will tell you they're a Christian. Woo, hallelujah. Come on now, marry a woman of God. Because everybody says they're a Christian. 
I mean, after all, we're a Christian nation. Come on now. Amen. And we're going to tell you, I'm a Christian. And even if they go to church, listen, that doesn't mean that they're a Christian. Hallelujah. Marry a man of God. And one of the things you're looking for is you're looking for maturity. All right. Check their, check their post. If they're checking in at the gym all the time, they're not ready. They're not ready. Ladies, if he keeps checking in at the gym and you see pictures of him flexing in mirrors, he's not ready. He's not ready. Guys, check her feed. If she's posted pictures with duck lips, they're not ready. Come on now. If they got fingers like this, they're not ready. That's, this, can't, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. You're looking for maturity, right? And Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole said this, maturity doesn't come with age, but with the acceptance of responsibility. Did you hear me now? Maturity does not come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. That's why somebody could be mature at 20 and another person's not mature at 50. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. So you have, to, you have to ask yourself, is this person willing to accept responsibility? And just you, you can just spend a little bit of time with them, and you'll know. You'll know if they're willing to, to, to accept responsibility. You'll know if they're mature. Ask yourself some tough questions, like, do they have a job? I was preaching at a young adult conference one time, and I said this. I said, I said, guys, you know what women just find sexy? You know what they find so sexy? A job. They find a job so sexy. You know what's even sexier than that? A career. Woo! Careers are so sexy. Right? You know what's not sexy? Video games. Grown men playing video games is about as sexy as sandals with socks. I'm telling you, it is not, it is not sexy. Come on now. Do they have a job? Do they have a career? Have they had 10 jobs and they're 20? Something's wrong with that. Are they willing to work hard? Come on now, are they willing to sacrifice? How do they handle money? Because the number one cause of divorce is money. Fighting over finances, number one cause of divorce. How do they handle money? How do they treat their family? Woo, hallelujah. Because most men are going to treat you like they treat their mom and their sister. Ooh, that got quiet. All the guys are going, call mom as soon as I get home. <laughs> Post something, how about I love mom? How do, so watch them because you're looking for somebody that is mature, amen? You're looking for somebody that is a hard worker. You're looking for somebody who's going to accept responsibility. And the Bible starts this verse with a man. Therefore, a man, not a boy, a man. Someone who's reached the age of maturity. And listen, that's not 16. That's why I say no dating in middle school, no dating in high school. Why? Because you're not looking for a, a, a boy. You're not looking for a girl. You're looking for a man. You're looking for a woman. You're looking for someone who's mature. And that doesn't happen at 16. It's usually like in their early 20s before you even start to figure out what responsibility is. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Number two law is this, the law of first priority. A man shall leave his father and mother. Before you are married, your parents, for most individuals, the majority of individuals, before you're married, your parents are the number one relationship you have on this earth. And the Bible says that when you get married, you leave that relationship behind. In other words, what the Bible is saying is you're leaving singleness behind. You're leaving that life behind. And you're choosing a new priority, and it is the law of first priority. And marriage only works when you put your spouse in a position of priority. And under God, on this earth, they're the most important human relationship you have. It is the law of first priority. That nothing should be more important on this earth than your spouse. Not your job, not the ambition, not your dreams, not your goals, not the kids. Nothing. Nothing comes before your spouse. Marriage only works when your spouse is first. And you have to leave that life behind. When you are married, you're no longer single. Amen? You're not single anymore. You leave that life behind, and now you have a new priority. You have a new priority. And there's a way to prove that. And here's how you prove priority. You prove it by asking yourself this question. What am I willing to give up for you? What am I willing to give up for you? Because priority is proved in sacrifice. Amen? It's proved in sacrifice. What am I willing to give up? What am I willing to let go of? What am I willing to lay down? I choose you now. You stand at the altar and you say, hey, for better, for worse, for, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. And guess what? Why did you say that? Why did you say for better or for worse? Because worse comes. Why did you say sickness and health? Because sickness comes. Poor comes. You'll have difficult days. You'll have challenges to your finances. I don't care how much money you make. You will disagree over how to spend it. There will be struggles. Do you see what I'm saying? You knew that was coming and you said it. In spite of all that, I choose you. You're now a priority in my life. Amen? And you have to keep that up. It is the law of priority. And you have to budget your time. Amen? Because time is limited. You only get so much time. My wife and I, we have a budget concerning our finances. There's a website you can go to. There's an app you can download from Dave Ramsey. It's called everydollar.com. The the app is everydollar. And it leads you through how to set up a budget. So a long time ago, we set up a budget. And the first thing, you put in your income, and you put in all of your income, and then you list out all of your expenses. Everything that comes in and then everything that goes out, and it has to match up. That's why it's called every dollar. You assign, you assign a category to every dollar you have. And we start with, the budget starts with your tithe. We get paid that tithe. That's the first thing we list is our tithe. Because if God's not first in your money, he's not first. Hallelujah. I said if God's not first in your money, he's not first. So we list our tithe. That tithe comes out first. But then you know what's second? Not vacation. Not luxury items. Not toys. Not whatever I want. You know what comes second? The mortgage. It's not fun, but I like shelter. 
I just have this thing about having a roof. I just like roofs, you know what I'm saying? I like having walls. And so I don't get to just do what I want with my money. I have to understand those priorities. And the same is true of our time. Do you see that? The same is true of our time. I don't get to just do what I want when I want. I have to budget my time. And if I'm married, that means that my spouse gets my time. Amen? Before everything else, before all the fun, before anything that I want to do, before places I want to go, just me, myself, I have to understand is that I have to prioritize. And that's what putting somebody first means. You budget time with them. You make time. You set time aside. Amen? And you say, you're more important to me than anything else. Let me tell you, I wasn't there. I wasn't there because I didn't make time. In fact, I looked for reasons to get out of spending time with my wife. And she wasn't a priority. The Gators, Florida Gators were. I still struggle with that just a little bit. Just have a little bit of struggle still. I'm overcoming. Pray for me. Stretch your hands and I'll, I'll make it. But I would do anything to watch the Gators football play. I would just, I mean, it didn't matter what took place and there was a time in my life when when Cynthia was working as a dispatcher and you're working as a 911 dispatcher you can't just say hey I'll be right back you know what I'm saying you're locked in and so she would say hey I have no food can you bring me food and I would say it's the third quarter I'll bring you food when this game's over and so she'd have to wait and you know guys five more minutes of football is an hour I mean you know what I'm saying it's and so I would just, she wasn't a priority in my life. So I, I, I just, I had to set, when we turned our marriage around, I had to set new priorities. New priorities. So it's the law of, of first priority. The second one, third one is this, the law of continual pursuit. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, watch this, and be joined to his wife. And that word joined in the Hebrew means this. The word joined means to pursue closely. It doesn't mean that you stood there at an altar and you made a vow and that's the end of the work. Because marriage is a four-letter word called work. Some of you are wondering where I was going with that. It's called work. Amen? And the same energy you put in to winning her over and winning him over is the same energy you put into keeping them. Hallelujah. What happened to that pursuit? Come on, guys. What happened to that pursuit? When you were picking her up for a date, the car was spotless. You vacuumed that thing out, man. You took care of the rims and the tires, man. It was spotless. Now... And ladies, when he picked you up, you made sure that you were all dolled up. Come on now. Looking as good as you could look. Now, what happened to pursuit? What happened to still pursuing? What happened to still saying, hey, hey, not only did I say it then, I'm meaning it every day of my life. What can I do to show you you're the most important person in my life? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What action can I take? Not what can I say. What can I do to show you you're the most important person in my life? I'll still pursue you. 
Amen? That's the law of pursuit. The fourth law is this, the law of subtraction. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one. They shall become one. Now how does two become one? It's not addition, which is what I thought it was. I thought when I get married, Cynthia's going to add so much to this equation. Oh, man, she's going to add intimacy. Hello. She's going to add cleaning. Hello. She's going to add cooking. I needed that. She's just going to bring all this to the table, and I never for one moment thought about what I was going to have to lose. But if you do the math, watch the math. Watch the math. Two, one. How do we get there? Subtraction. What do you lose? What has to go? You do. You do. You have to go. Pastor Jimmy Evans said this. It was a great quote. He said, marriage is designed to bless you right after it kills you. (laughs) Woo! Somebody said, I know that's right. Been killing me for years. It's supposed to kill you. God intended that your spouse kill you. That's what he gave you your spouse for. Welcome to marriage. Slow and painful death. (laughs) What is it a death to? It is a death to self. And you'll have a great marriage the minute you die to yourself. Listen to me, church. Did you hear me? You will have a great marriage the minute you die to yourself. You'll have a great marriage. But let me tell you, if you are selfish, you're never going to make it. You will never get to the one part. You'll never get to an understanding. You'll never get to happiness. You'll never get to a place of intimacy. If you're selfish, marriage never works when you're selfish. Right? And so you have to understand is that there has to be the law of subtraction. And the interesting thing about the law of subtraction is, is if you follow the first three laws, the last one's automatic. Right? Read the verse again. Therefore a man, law of maturity, you start off with somebody who accepts responsibility, shall leave his father and mother. That's the law of first priority. He puts his spouse or she puts their spouse first. Right? Then the third law kicks in. It's the law of continual pursuit. He and she, they're pursuing each other's interests and needs, and they're pursuing their heart, right? And if you do those three things, it says this, and, and, right? In other words, it's like automatically, and, they shall automatically become one. Why? Because you followed the first three laws. But if you violate the first three laws, you'll never get to the place of being one. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Because I violated every one of them. Every one of them. I was immature. Huh? I did not prioritize Cynthia. I stopped pursuing her. And I was selfish. And somebody in our youth group called me a catch. 
I was a catch. I was a virus. That's what I was. When Cynthia married me, she got a virus, buddy. Come on now. I was, I was, I was immature. I, I didn't prioritize her. I didn't pursue her. And I was selfish. Huh? I violated every one of those laws. Right? And you know what happened? Here's what happened. Nobody ever told me about them. Nobody ever talked to me about this. I didn't see it modeled in my home. My dad never sat me down. In fact, it wasn't until I was about 30 years old that a pastor looked at me and said, you are selfish. It's the first time anybody called me that. Huh? So I'm helping you out today because I'm telling you, you're selfish. Huh? Amen? You know, I have a 22-year-old son. And let me tell you who, who is, is going to just put me on a pedestal and I'm going to be their favorite person is my future daughter-in-law, whoever that might be. You know why? Because I look at that boy, and if he ever steps out of line, I'll tell him straight out, you're selfish because nobody did that to me. Nobody did it to me. And so, man, we just had, to, we just had to, to just somehow make it through. But then when I begin to put these laws in place and say, hey, i got to accept responsibility for this. And I looked in the mirror and said, hey, it's, it's me. I'm the one that needs to change. Amen? And then I began to prioritize her and pursue her and, and stopped being selfish. God turned around our marriage through these four laws. He did. He really did. And then I became a catch. Then, then, then she found the vaccine to the virus that, that was named Brian Arona or something like that. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was deadly. It was deadly. I want to pray for you today. I really do. I want to pray for you because I don't want you to have to struggle for years and years and years going through these things when, when one verse can fix it. Now, I titled this, I entitled this sermon, No Greater Love, and here's why. Because in John chapter 15, verse 13, it says this, there is no greater love than someone willing to lay down their life. Did you hear me, church? No greater love than somebody willing to lay down their life, lay down their life. And I want you to catch that. I want you to get it, because if you don't understand that this is love. Love is not emotion or love is not feelings. I had no idea any of this stuff when I first got married. I said I love you at an altar, but I didn't know what it meant. And it took me years to figure it out. And I'm hoping to help somebody here today, especially if you're single here today. I'm hoping to help you. But I also want to pray for the married couples today. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come and we're going to pray today. I do want to pray for the single people today, and we're going to continue to talk about this and, and really just try to do our best to, to fix what the enemy's trying to destroy, because he really is. He's trying to destroy our, our relationships. And listen, this isn't just work in marriage. It works in friendship. It works on the job, because nothing destroys God's blessing in your life like selfishness. It really is. We're born selfish. We're born again generous. Amen?